Good afternoon. Welcome to uh, Connect, California MBA's uh, monthly podcast featuring uh, interviews, usually one-on-one, but not today, with uh, uh, movers and shakers, current and, in this case, future leaders in our industry. So today, I'm really excited. We've got three of our uh, future leaders that are uh, going through our program right now. We're actually at uh, Pepperdine University in Malibu. Uh, They just uh, finished their uh, first day of their first in-person session, so we're really excited to find out. Uh, their thoughts on the industry, what's brought them to this point in uh, their careers, and uh, what they see going uh, forward. But before we start, I want to thank our sponsors at the Real Estate Services Trust, or REST. So when a valued employee leaves your organization, questions often arise uh, as to what went wrong, what could we have been doing better. And as an employer in the real estate services industry, you know that attracting and retaining talented employees is a top priority for you. And a competitive employee benefits package could be the solution you're looking for. So the California MBA has partnered with Marshall McLennan Agency, a nationwide leading brokerage firm, to form the Real Estate Services Trust, or REST. The program provides real estate services industry employees competitive and affordable benefit plan options by uh, delivering a quality benefits package. And actually this year we've added on Kaiser. So it's a new feature to the program this year and uh, for a lot of our uh, uh, companies that we're considering, that was one of the things that was holding them up. So if that was holding you up, Kaiser is now part of our program. We're uh, including that as well. So if you're an employer with 20 or more uh, enrolled employees, you can take advantage of large group purchasing power to access uh, flexible and uh, high quality plans that you wouldn't access, you would be able to access otherwise. So basically you get the big, go- uh, big company plans as a smaller company in the industry. So click on the link below or in the description, find out if your company is qualified to join today. So, that out of the way, I want to uh, welcome our guest here today. Uh, we've got uh, Joanne Lockhart. She's uh, the closing manager at uh, American Pacific Mortgage in Roseville, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been there since uh, 2012. Uh, ben Johnson, right here, is uh, an associate with uh, Newmark Realty Capital out of their San Francisco offices, and he's been with them for a little over a year and in the business for about 13 years. And finally, here in the center, uh, Chelsea Johnson. She's uh, Director of Operations and Human Resources at CBC Mortgage Agency where she's worked for about two and a half years. So welcome everyone. And uh, let's, uh, let's uh, dig into this here. So uh, let's start with uh, you, jo- Joanne. So there's a lot, of, lot to talk about in the industry, in the economy, mm-hmm. where things are headed. But uh, I always like to find out you know, how people got to this point in their careers, uh, you know, what, drew, what drew them into the industry. Uh, we find out sometimes that uh, maybe some people didn't exactly mean to get in the industry and then they suddenly found themselves in the mortgage banking industry. So uh, Joanne, let's start with you. Uh, what's, your, what's your story? Well, I started as a receptionist at a title company in 1999 and uh, moved up to be an escrow officer. And then after that, moved around to different companies and landed at a credit union for a while. And then um, came to my current company and I was a mortgage loan funder and then became the closing manager of our company now. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What about you, Ben? Um, I did not... uh, I, I ended up in the industry by not being original. Um, my, my older brother was um, working for CBRE in valuation and advisory services um, back in 2006 uh, as a commercial real estate appraiser. And he really enjoyed the job and, and said that it was, you know, stable as far as income went and interesting work and a good way to learn the business. And so um, he was the one who got me an interview with uh, a managing director at CBRE. So uh, I started off in, uh, in appraisal 
and was there for um, with CBRE for nine years. Uh, really enjoyed that, but wanted to um, have uh, you know front row seat to how commercial real estate deals get put together. Um, so I got into commercial mortgages in uh, 2016 and joined Newmark last year. Okay. Big difference, <laughs> size-wise, certainly between CBRE and Newmark, and different flavor, I'm sure, altogether. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. Um, Newmark, you know, is obviously a much smaller company than CBRE, which has, I think, 31 or 32,000 employees. Um, but th that's that size, I think, is one of the company's strengths and allows it to be very nimble and um, and to adapt quickly to market conditions. Right. Right. Chelsea, how about you? Um, so I actually got into the industry by accident. Um, so what had happened? I figured one of the three. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what had happened was um, I was looking. I was working for an insurance company, and I was looking for um, my next job to get me to the next job. And I had a friend who worked at a servicing company, and there was an opportunity to interview and um, apply in collections. In all honesty, I thought. This is going to be miserable. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate collecting on people's houses. I'm going to hate telling them that they are going to be foreclosed on. I had so much anxiety that I took the job with the notion of I'm going to quit as soon as I find the next thing. Um, what I found is there was so much more to the industry that I didn't realize. And even with collections, there was so much more and so much more heart that you could put behind it than initially thought. Um, from there, I was able to work my way up, um, up to the investor relations side and the due diligence side. Um, after that, I actually ventured out and uh, me and my husband opened our own insurance brokerage. Um, after running that for a few years, we discovered we weren't a fan of the insurance industry, and I really had the desire to come back to the mortgage industry. Um, I looked and did research on my company and a couple other companies, and I really liked my company's framework specifically. Um, and so I reached out and applied, and thankfully it worked out, and I have been there now for two and a half years, and uh, I'm working my way into solidifying myself in the industry. Right on. Well. Yeah, I, I knew someone would find their way uh, find their way to answer that one with an accidental. But then you came <laughs> back to the industry, so that, you know it's not accidental the second time. Yes. Um, so let's uh, let's talk uh, uh, more about uh, sort of the state of the market. And since we've got both someone uh, from the commercial multifamily side, and then uh, uh, you folks uh, from the residential side, let's start on the residential side. So, uh, Joanne, question for you: uh, Where are your thoughts on where we're at? And I'll let you choose how you want to answer this one or which answer. Uh, which question you want to answer. So rates dropped uh, sort of unexpectedly earlier this year. Do you right. expect that to continue this year or are you sort of, you know, where do you think we're at? Um, I think that the loans, it, you, the market ebbs and flows. And so right now at my company, we're seeing a lot of purchases are still strong. Um, refinances are actually really, because you said the rates dropped. Um, I think that's going to continue to happen. I really think it's going to be a market where it's both beneficial to refi and buy homes. So there's lots of new construction homes that are on the, that are coming up. There is a lot of homes coming for sale that weren't for sale last year. So I really think that we're in a good, strong market to continue to make someone a homeowner or refinance them into a better rate. 
Chelsea, what do you think? Any, uh, um, I think that right now we have a lot of opportunity in the marketplace and kind of what you were saying, yeah. it ebbs and, ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that a big part of that is is understanding that we have a lot of opportunities and it's just how we make the most of them. You know, um, while rates may go up, um, they may go up, they may go down, uh, the desire for home ownership is still there. And, and that's what I think that we have a lot of opportunity to focus on. Mm -hmm. Right on, totally couldn't agree more. Uh, so Ben, on, in your uh, in your neck of the woods on the commercial side, where do things stand? Well, um, we we saw to, to go back to um, market conditions at the end of 2018. We saw a decline in acquisition loans at that time. Um, sellers, especially in primary markets, were unwilling to come up on on asking cap rates. Um, so a lot of our work in late 2018 was related to refinances. Um, with the big drop in the 10-year Treasury over the last few months, uh, you know, it's come down over 100 basis points from, from its peak. Um, I think that we'll see a, an increase in sales activity as sellers put more properties on the market, mm -hmm. uh, hoping to get a lower cap rate than they could have gotten at the end of last year. So I think we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see a big increase in purchase loans. Um, and and uh, also some of the increase, overall increase in volume um, that I'd expect to see in the, in the next few months will come from people who were considering refinancing their property a few months ago, but maybe interest rates were too high. Now that, now that the treasuries are down, uh, I think it'll get a lot of people off the fence. As I say, yeah, bring some people back in. That makes sense. All right, so, uh, so again, uh, since we have uh, some of our uh, future leaders here with us today, I, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the future of the industry uh, beyond just the uh, you know, next six months of rates or next uh, 12 months. So uh, since you're all, you're all living it here, um, you're going to be living in the industry for the next you know, few decades, so uh, hopefully for uh, many, many years. Um, so what's the, I want to get away from sorry, I, I, sort of the you know, just rates or, or market conditions. What's the, next, what's the big idea that you see that uh, um, uh, is going to change the industry over the next you know, half decade? So maybe let's start, uh, Chelsea, with you. Um, I think a big focus, and we kind of touched on this in our meetings earlier today, is going to be the tech side of it and bringing forth um, and streamlining the processes that we have now to make them better to overcome um, some of the uh, other obstacles so that we have more opportunities. Yeah, why about you, Joanne? I agree. I think that there's a lot of room to streamline a lot of the process, um, still have that human feel and, and that connection as a relationship base with the, with the borrower or the loan officer and the operations center or whatever department you work in. But I also think that there is definite room for adding tech into the world that we're in and mortgage because it's just everybody has a phone and everybody wants something now. So, so are you seeing, and this is something that I've noticed in the last couple of years, it seems to be a, a shift on that tech side, mm -hmm. is uh, um, more focus on the back end of the transaction. There's, I mean, for many years, there was so much focus on the front end, getting right. everyone in the door yes. using technology. And now it seems like the focus is all on closing issues. It is. Any, any thoughts on that? I think so. I think there's a lot of room to use the systems that we all use, whether they're different or the same, to use the system for you and have it help you with crunching numbers or whatever the system is doing for you at that milestone that you're in for your loan. But I also think that there's still that human connection that you've got to keep on the forefront. It's not all about tech. I think it's very beneficial, but I think that we need to have 
you know, things like this and mm-hmm. human connection to make it feel real. Can't automate everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, Ben, how about you on the commercial side? What's the big change that you think uh, we'll see over the next five years? Or maybe not necessarily a huge change in, in your side. Well, um, I think that the closing timeline for uh, your typical commercial loan will compress. If it's 45 to 60 days right now, I think it might come in five to 10 days on average because of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are working on a loan right now with a lender whose entire process, you know, underwriting, document upload, closing, everything is online. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty unusual, but a lot of the lenders that we work with have portions of the loan process online. So there's a lender that we work with where they have a checklist online, and as you upload documents, then that, uh, that item on the checklist goes away. So you can see where you are in the underwriting process. Um, and and uh, quite a few of the lenders that we work with have secure sites where you can upload documents. But um, So that should help from a loan processing perspective to speed things up. Um, there's another lender that we work with. They're the only ones I know that are like this, but they'll allow their borrowers to DocuSign everything mm-hmm. during the loan process, which saves a lot of time. Um, they, they're not allowed, you know, borrowers are not allowed to DocuSign the loan documents themselves. We're not there, but, uh, but that has led to a very speedy process for that particular lender. So I think that that will have an impact on how quickly loans can, can get. So on your side, Ben, on the commercial side, do you think it's more, um, is it a generational issue? Is it a technology issue? Or is it just the way the business works on the commercial side that is holding, you know, every company back from doing everything online or everything DocuSigned? Um, or maybe a little of everything. I think I think a little bit of everything. I think that not every company uh, or not every lender sees the value in doing that. We we work with some life insurance companies that have a certain allocation of, of loan dollars that they want to get out each year. In one lender's case, it's two billion dollars. They get that two billion dollars out every year. The way that they're doing things, analog. You know, without without kind of an online component to what they're doing, other than emails and things like that. So for that lender, there's no need to mm-hmm. speed things up. They're doing just fine mm-hmm. the way they're doing things now. So um, I think for the banks, um, they're competing with other enormous institutions that are consistently trying to get a competitive edge on them. So they're in a very very competitive space where they may not be getting all the loan dollars out every year that they want to get. And I think for a lender like that, it makes sense to really streamline things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for some of the, the lenders that are doing, you know, 300 million to, to two or $3 billion a year um, and are able to hit those lending benchmarks every year, then they don't feel like they need to, to, to update their systems. Hmm. All right, makes sense. Um, so I guess this is, we may have already answered this question, but uh, how is technology changing your side of the business in, uh, in particular? So. Um, anything that uh, you know, necessarily that the customer sees, but maybe on your specific side and the you know behind the behind the curtain. So maybe uh, Chelsea, what do you think? I think it's again touching on what you said, is streamlining the process, making it a lot faster, and making it beneficial for the back end process and for us on the back end working on it. Um, having those automated processes in place will help streamline it and make it faster, which in turn benefits everybody, the industry, the borrowers, as a whole. Yeah, Joanne. Um, there's a lot of talk recently about automating, let's say, underwriting or the closing process with the online notary. So mm-hmm. um, you could 
streamline that part of the process and make it more beneficial for, let's say if you streamline a bunch of the underwriting piece, that's gonna cut down on jobs for underwriters, right? But maybe not, because maybe it could do those easier loans um, and those lower risk loans, you could automate those and get an approval right away. I know that a lot of companies are looking at that. Um, but also, it still is beneficial to have the underwriters for, for the challenging loans or the ones with down payment assistance and things like that. Um, and same with notary, the note online notarization mm -hmm. might cut down on notaries in your state because someone else could be doing it in another state. Uh, but, you know, there's opportunity elsewhere. So I think that even with technology cutting back on jobs, it opens up something else because mm -hmm. you still need a person that has the knowledge to deliver it for the more challenging situations. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So uh, um, we've asked in our in our other episodes, we always ask, we always wind up asking a question about millennials, and uh, so, but we ask people who aren't necessarily millennials themselves. Now I've got three of them in here, so I'd like to ask uh, you millennials here. Um, I can't escape, you know, this episode without asking it. So we've uh, um, uh, we've asked others about it, but I want to ask you. So. The industry, you know, we've heard it for years and years and years. I've been at the California MBA for almost 16 years now, and every conference you go to, especially on the residential side, there's all kinds of talk about how do we get more millennials into our business? And everyone kind of looks at around each other and, you know, shrugs, and, you know, we're not sure how to do that. So without speculating, because now we actually have some here, what do you see that, uh, you know, your companies are doing well or any companies in the industry are doing well to not necessarily on the um, consumer side, we'll get to that in a minute, but on the you know attracting, retaining millennial talent. What do you see that they're doing good? Um, Joanne. Um, I think that you need to target to what the interest is. So technology, right, is on the forefront of, of a millennial way of thinking. They want it faster, they want it quality, they want it, you know, now. Um, in general, you know, it's it's engaging maybe a millennial group to work as a loan officer or come in as an op staff or an appraisal department and getting interest and having them come in and learn the business because they might not know it. Um, so maybe it's targeting that generation and that millennial group to then go, there is a benefit in buying a house. Just because your rent could be, your rent could be the same as your mortgage and you're actually, your net worth is gonna be more if you have a mortgage, right? You have collateral there, you have an investment. Whereas, you know, maybe they're not gonna to listen to a, an older loan officer and they might listen to someone that's their own age. So I think investing and being diverse with age groups and really trying to drive forth um, getting interest to, for employment from that younger group is where all the mortgage companies need to go and think about. Absolutely. What do you think, Chelsea? Um, I think kind of piggybacking off of the same thing, I think that we need, to, that companies in general need to look at what, what is important to millennials and look at the statistics. You know, a lot of millennials are working multiple jobs and still mm -hmm. don't feel that they are worthy of owning a home. And it's that sense of educating them and letting them know, hey, you are worthy and here's how we're going to help to get you there. Um, my company does a great job about uh, doing that and making sure that everybody at our company knows that we, we have help and access to um, home ownership if that's what we desire. And I think that a lot of millennials don't have that and I think if we show them that we are willing to accommodate to their interests a little bit or accommodate to their needs um, and how they're feeling then that would intrigue them more to or entice them more to you know want to join a company big education I yes agree. yeah yeah education is a 
the biggest component on it um, I, that know. I would say is, yeah, yeah, you don't know the other side of it if you're not asking. Mm -hmm. All right, fair enough. And what about you on the commercial side? Well, um, first, of all, first of all, I think, um, well, I should say that I'm probably not technically a millennial. I, I think I slip into Gen X. I'm right, right on. I'm right on. Thank you. I think I do too. That's okay. For purposes of this, that's okay. Yeah. 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 Close enough, right? Um, but uh, you know, our company has um, a, a number of millennials that are employees and in the office that I work in. There are two very, very sharp employees um, that are millennials who, mm -hmm. who work there and are very, very good at their, at their jobs. Um, so I think the millennials are coming into the industry. What I think is happening is it takes them some time to filter in because I think that there are a few people who graduate from college and think, I want to get into commercial mortgages. You know, it's, <laughs> it, there, there isn't a, um, a short and clearly defined path from college graduation to, to this industry. Um, so that's the first thing is that, you know, I think it just kind of takes a while for people, people to get in. Not to catch up, but I'm curious, is that something that industry can do something to change or sure. is that just the nature of the business How that it just takes a while to sort of find your way into it? Well, I think that when, uh, college students are entering their junior or senior years and are starting to think about employment beyond graduation, I think commercial mortgage the commercial mortgage industry is not even on the list of potential industries mm -hmm. that they think mm -hmm. of because they they might not realize that it exists, um, which is strange to say because there, are, you know, it's so many <laughs> commercial commercial properties throughout the country. But um, I think it's I think that given the size of the marketplace, it's a quiet industry, and it is one where there are relatively few players given the, given the amounts of money that there are that that you can make as a property owner or broker or whatever. So um, I think that there is an awareness issue uh, is that the industry has on college campuses. And, um, but I think that once millennials become aware of what the industry is, they have, a, uh, well, many of them have an inherent interest in it because, um, well, my understanding of, of the interests of millennials is that they value experiences and places. And, and that's a huge focus of social media is, you know, the, the places mm -hmm. that you visit. Um, and a, a lot of the pictures that you see on social media yeah. are, you know, look, look at me at this particular mm -hmm. place, right? Well, commercial real estate, I mean, all it is is it's just a place. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a very specific place that you can define on an Alta survey and a legal description. Um, but I think that that resonates with, um, with, with millennials, the, the individuality of places and the unique characteristics that each place ha has. So do you think like we could um, be doing more like offering more internship programs or what are ways do you think we could drive more education or more desire to come into the marketplace? Yeah, I think, I think internships are a very good place to start. You know, if a college student does an internship with a commercial real estate company, Chances are when they go back to school the next year, they're going to tell their friends about yeah. it. And, you know, it was good, and there are people there that are making a good living doing it. Um, and, you know, my, my bro older brother works for a commercial real estate uh, brokerage company, and they actively offer internships for college students, and that program's been very successful. Our company um, offers internships as well, so we've got, we have an intern in our office right now that attends a local university. 
I think the other thing that's potentially appealing to millennials about this industry is that you can make a very good living mm -hmm. in commercial mortgages or commercial mortgage brokerage without working, uh, you know, investment banking hours. Right. Uh, there's there's a good opportunity for work-life balance, mm -hmm. and yes. I think that that is very appealing to millennials. Yes. I think there's an opportunity for education with commercial and residential to the college campuses for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that the industry in general needs to tap into that and go out educating, yeah. letting people know. You have a brother in the industry. I had the reason why I got the job at the title company when I was 20 as the receptionist was my friend's mom. Mm -hmm. And she was a commercial, actually, escrow officer. Um, so I went a different department than she was in. But, you know, it's knowing people, too. Yeah. Well, so if you don't know, you don't, you don't know, know the mortgage business. It's so many things. Well, and there's so many different facets to yeah. it, too. Like, we are all in different departments, mm -hmm. and we all handle different things. And there's so many opportunities in the mortgage industry, and I don't think people are aware of that. You know, just I myself, my little sister just graduated, and I was talking to her about it and, you know, steps that she could take if she wanted to get into the industry. And her mind just, like was like blown of the, I can make a decent living and I could do this and I could do this and I don't have to be in this department and I don't have to do this or I could do sales or I could do this and her mind was blown with how many opportunities there are available and that she wasn't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you're both, you're all three absolutely right. I mean, you don't have to necessarily be a super people person, but if you are, there's a great opportunity yeah. there too. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you're right. Their opportunities are, are, are endless. So, um, so turning towards the consumer side, so here's uh, you know the, the customer end of this on uh, for millennials. So what strategies are you seeing that are working to attract millennials? I know there's, I mean, it's a huge race out there right mm -hmm. now to grab this uh, millennial uh, customer base that is now the biggest uh, uh, home buying base out there. Um, and you know, here's the um, sort of the dopey way of asking that question. Is it just about having a fancy app and you know you know posting witty things on social media? What's the is there a, a hard strategy underneath that? So maybe Chelsea, start with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that social media is a big strategy because um, a lot it is a big part of everybody's social aspect. And if people can connect with you on social media, they feel like they know your business, they feel like they know your model, your mission, your values, and they feel like they're almost contributing to you as much as. You you're contributing to their businesses. Um, and I think that that is a big part of that, that kind of gets overseen. And, um, you know, I think that with millennials specifically, it's identifying and again, educating those factors and putting them in place. Mm -hmm. Joanne, what do you think? I completely agree. I think that there's a way to use social media for businesses in all facets and I think that a lot of times if you personalize it as well and show your culture of your company and your culture of like hey home ownership is is awesome and you have diverse you know diversity mm -hmm. throughout your your entire page and you try to engage people in all different age groups and facets reverse mortgage you try to get the millennials that are graduating college into homeownership and show them why it's so important, um, that can pull them into the business too and get a mm -hmm. job with you because of the tech things that you're offering. I think it's just being cutting edge and being with what's popular. I think that's where you need to tap into those markets mm -hmm. and have your marketing be focused on that and just have the realization of showing this is what our company is about. Yeah, it's funny. It's Some a personal of the more, touch. more effective uh, social strategy that I've seen in the past have been, you know, having nothing to do with the products themselves no. that have mm -hmm. to do with the culture of the company where you know a company will post about their you know a, a, you know 
10 second snippet of a party they had at their office yeah. showing how much fun they have and that they're real human mm-hmm. beings and mm-hmm. you know so yeah I, I think you're both right uh, Ben what are you on the on the uh, commercial side again it's a totally different customer base mm-hmm. and, yeah. and what they're looking for but what's the uh, what strategies are you seeing that are effective well I, I think that if um, if someone is adept at using s- social media they can really use that to their advantage um, in in the commercial mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. One thing that we see happen a lot uh, in uh, commercial mortgage brokerage is that when uh, a, a mortgage broker closes a deal, he'll, he or she will post a closed transaction flyer online on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or on a Facebook page or something like that. It's just a simple, you know, visually kind of a postcard sized um, advertisement that you closed a deal and mm-hmm. basically what it was and a picture of the property. But there, there you've created you know, an online place where you're generating buzz about your business. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is appealing to um, potential millennial talent, that if you're mm-hmm. good at social media and you're comfortable using it, then you can use that to build your own book of business. And then, and then the second thing I would say goes back to uh, something I mentioned earlier, which is that in this business, uh, once you build your, your book of business and have some momentum in closing closing loans, there is an opportunity for a great work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I think that that is something that companies can use to attract um, you know, uh, millennial talent. I think ease as well and thinking about it a little bit more. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, how technology technology can drive our systems and make it streamlined. I think millennials want to feel that. They want to feel the ease of a process. Yeah. They don't want to feel like home ownership is this big to do. I've got to sign all these papers. I've got to go to closings. You know, we hear horror stories about it and it just gives you such anxiety before you're even there. Um, and I think a lot of it is, is if we can make the processes easier and ease of access for millennials, they'll be more likely to want to buy more, do more, and drive that industry. Yeah, and I think we often forget, I know I, I forget, uh, you know, in, uh, in my role, I forget that so many of these millennials, they saw their parents go through such yes. a rough time in the uh, mid to late 2000s. And I mean, there's good reason why a lot of them may have some hesitancy about diving mm-hmm. in as a uh, potential homeowner. So I think you're right. If we can make the process simpler and more transparent and better educate folks, then uh, it'll do a lot towards uh, you know, helping folks who are a little more hesitant to jump in. I think that's why it's important to show those celebrations, like you said, show mm-hmm. the property, show there's there's pictures of, you know, if I was your loan officer with a, a key, you know, there's pictures of them in front of their house, their whole family. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a huge celebration. You're, you're giving someone, you know, an investment in homeownership and, and, or a commercial real estate, you know, they could open up a grocery store or whatever the case may be. That's something to celebrate. And I think that's positive piece of social media is huge too for millennials to look at and go wow that's cool mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting we had uh, this is now going back for me uh, when I first started at, at the California NBA one of the first uh, um, articles I wrote uh, helped write for our uh, chairman at the time and he was talking about how he got into the business and the way he was describing it I mean he vividly remembered you know the first person he helped buy a home mm-hmm. and you know I'm thinking the whole and now you know you kind of I don't know why it popped in my head but it did that this is that was the opportunity mm-hmm. if he had that technology at the time to post that on social media and talk about what a great experience it was but you know for years and decades it was just the only person who knew about it was him and it yep. was just kind of buried up in his head mm-hmm. you know but it was a great story and I mean if I was a potential homeowner that would totally speak to me so mm-hmm. I think you I think you're both right on that um, or all three right 
Uh, so anyway, uh, now finally, our, our last question here. So we have to do a bit of uh, self-promotion here about the uh, California MBA's Featured Leaders Program. But the way I'm going to pitch it is uh, uh, I'm curious to know um, what your thoughts are. You're obviously committed to your own professional development. That's why you wanted to be a part of the program and why we're happy to have you there. Um, but I'm curious, what are you seeing as far as uh, companies helping um, promote uh, professional development at their, at their own companies? Um, obviously, your three companies are doing a great job. Are you seeing that in the wider industry, or is that something that you think is lacking? Uh, ben, maybe start with you. Um, well, I'm not really sure how, how to answer that. Um, I can only you know, speak to what my experience is, is here. Um, and you know, our, our company is willing, and not only willing, but happy to make investments in, in professionals of all ages, not just people in their 20s, you know. Uh, <laughs> people who are older than that as well. Um, if, if that employee wants to, wants to broaden their horizons, meet other people in the industry, network, and, um, and build up their, their resume. Um, I, you know, I think that it is more difficult for a large company to make that kind of investment because um, there are so many different people that need to sign off on that type of expense for the company. One of the benefits to working for a smaller company, um, at least compared to my first employer, is that um, the ownership of, of the company can, can you know, uh, the ownership of our company was quickly able to see the, the benefits of investing in a, in a program like this. and. Um, and uh, I'm the happy beneficiary of that. Yeah. Chelsea, what do you think? Uh, personally, I think that we're lacking in the industry as a whole. Um, obviously, my company is great. Um, we've got three people here that all jumped at the opportunity and they sent us all. Um, but, you know, I think as a whole, um, until I talked to you and Suzanne what, last year, I didn't know that this program existed. Um, so it's also educating on what programs are out there that it do exist. And then also, you know, it's lacking because I've, I've been at other mortgage companies and we don't have programs like this to be able to develop into bigger roles or leadership or opportunities that we see, but we see that there is a clear need for it and there's a clear benefit to it. Um, and so in participating in this, thank you very much. Um, it's, it's been exciting. I've learned a ton, but I think that now the, ne the next approach is, is for more companies to do this, more companies to come up with leadership trainings, leadership programs, and to be able to build their employees up. Um, because touching back on the millennials, millennials want to grow. They want to progress. They want to have that title. They want to feel like they are loved and valued at a company and so being able to invest in their education and being able to invest in them as a person will empower them and they'll want to invest back into your company they won't want to go open their own business and go behind your back and everything else they'll want to do it with you so that you guys can all learn and grow together absolutely yeah. that's the hope at least I yeah. agree. <laughs> so I feel very blessed for the company I work for because I'm actually in an emerging leaders group um, within my company so there's about 50 of us and we it's a year-long program um, that we get chosen to it's the, it's called emerging leaders um, and we also have Kaizen groups which is you're giving your employees a voice to then for process changes or policy changes or hey I have this great idea and then we have groups that are above that that you know it could possibly turn into a procedure for the whole company um, so I really feel blessed in that sense we have regular leadership trainings as well uh, personal development we have books book assignments that we read so they really really invest in making you a 
better person and making you feel that you're able to speak up and have a voice um, within the culture that they provide to us and they really want our feedback. So it makes you feel valuable besides doing your normal job. Mm-hmm. So it's across the board, not just for leaders. So it's it's very exciting. Awesome. That's really great yeah. to hear. That's really great to hear. Yeah. It's, it's funny, we, uh, it, you know, over the years going to conferences uh, and helping, you know, put together conferences and, and uh, you know, being there, you hear so often companies talk about, you know, what can they do to get more, you know, people involved with their companies and, you know, have a stronger voice and mm-hmm. uh, help them with uh, professional development. And then I want to say to them, you should have them join the Future Leaders Program. <laughs> you know? And then maybe they do, maybe they don't. But, yeah. you know, obviously you, you three are, are a, a testimony that uh, it works. So uh, thank you all. And thank you to the companies who are sponsoring uh, uh, these folks this year. So that's all we've got uh, for this episode of Connect. I want to thank uh, Joanne and uh, Chelsea and Ben for uh, giving me a few minutes of their time. And uh, we'll catch you next time on our next episode. Thank you.